Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. I want to talk to you about a a dynamic that's very common in relationships. It's a sprint mentality versus a marathon mentality. When When we get married, when we meet each other, we typically are in a sprint mode rather than a marathon mode. Marriage is a marathon. My mom and dad married for 61 years. You can't sprint that long. Uh, 70 pounds ago and 50 years ago, I used to run track. And so, you know, when I ran track, I mean, the sprinters, you could go uh, quick for a short distance, but the marathoners had a completely different mentality. And so many people today get married in a sprint. And what they find is, is that everything's passionate, everything's wonderful, everything's incredible right before it crashes. But the marathon mentality says, It's not what we can make happen. It's what we can keep happening. What can we keep happening for 61 years? What can we keep happening for the rest of our lives rather than what can we make happen for a few months or a few years, you know, while we're falling in love and while we're securing the relationship or something like that. And then the thing falls apart. Marriage is like two rivers that come together. When you're dating, you're like parallel rivers. You're, you're adjoining each other. You're examining each other. You think you know each other. But when, you're get, when you get married, it's like two rivers that come together. And there's the immediate crashing, you know, just the, the personalities, the different uh, people, the different, you know, desires, whatever you want to say, personas that come together. And there's a lot of turbulence. There's a lot going on. But what happens is the longer you're married, God's way, in the marathon mentality, the more you become one, the more it becomes peaceful, it becomes joyful. And I'm saying you absolutely can have a marriage that gets better and better and better, and you can have a marriage that lasts for the rest of your life. You've got to get out of the sprint mentality, and you've got to get out of the fear mentality. When you're operating in fear, it will make your fears come true. But when you're operating in faith, it will make your dreams come true. And so a lot of people... We, when Karen and I married, we were full of fear and we had a sprint mentality. And so we almost divorced. I mean, it was by the grace of God that we made it. Now, this is a very, very important question. What is the source of your love? What, when you say you love someone, what is the source of that? Now, again, most of us have never thought about this, but I want you to think about it. And when you, when you ask a person that's in love, um, they're married, they're in love. What, is, what fuels your passion for your marriage? What fuels your love for your spouse? The typical answers are passion, chemistry. We, we just have great chemistry. We're soulmates. That's kind of a big phrase today. Sexual attraction, we're best friends. We enjoy being together, you know, all the above or whatever. And so those are the answers. But life happens. Conflict, children, finances, job stress, Hurts from our past, temptation and sins, mistakes, failures, hurtful words, taxes, bills, illness, in-laws, the devil, the world, all of that happens to us and it drains our batteries. I mean, all of that's going to happen. Again, the marathon mentality says we have got to run this race in such a way is that we can endure whatever's coming. The sprint, sprinters don't think like that. The, the sprinters have a completely different mentality. And a lot of people who fail in marriage They're sprinters who don't have a resource deep enough, a lasting resource to fuel their love long-term. Karen and I didn't. When we got married, I mean, uh, 
You know, we got married with the best of intentions, but one day I woke up and I mean, I was out of love. I didn't love Karen anymore. And I just, if someone said, do you love your wife? Said, I, w- I wouldn't have said it probably. I would have pretended, but I didn't love Karen anymore. I thought I'd made a mistake. She was the enemy. Karen was my enemy. And here was the thought in my mind. If she would change, our marriage would be healed. If she would change, our marriage would be so much better and our marriage would be healed. And a lot of people, a lot of you watching right now, you know, wherever you're watching, is you have that thought in your mind. I I can just tell you, I was wrong. I had a sprinter's mentality. I had a fear-based mentality. I was deceived. And I absolutely believed that I had married the wrong woman, I had made a mistake, and now I was stuck in a bad marriage. And so let me tell you the two wrong sources of love. And these are the two most common sources of love. So I'm asking you, what is your source of love? If you're going to make it in marriage, if you're going to make it for the next 61 years, like my mom and dad, you're going to make it for another 40 or 50 years. Okay. What is your source of love? Here's the most common source of love for people who get married. My spouse. My spouse is my source of love. You make me feel good. I like the way that I feel when I'm around you. You you fill up my love tank. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for acceptance. I'm looking for a soulmate. I'm looking for a best friend. And being around you makes me feel this feeling. So Karen was my source of love. And what that means is I can't love you more than you're loving me. Now, I tell the story about when I played golf. I golfed all the time. I worked all the time. And it almost ruined our marriage. And the night that our marriage was healed, you know, I gave up golf. But let me tell you about why I played golf. Let me tell you about just the, my emotional disposition at that time. I got saved a week before we got married, so I was a Christian. But I didn't know how to trust in God. I, I didn't know that. So Karen was my source of love. I wanted Karen to meet my needs. And so when we got married, she, she couldn't. Because only God can meet your deepest needs. See, people can't meet your deepest needs. Only God can. And when you don't trust God to meet your deepest needs, you automatically transfer the expectation of that on your spouse and your marriage is set up for failure. It's a codependent relationship. In other words, your source is just simply the wrong source. It's not, it's not God, it's your spouse. So my source was, was Karen. Well, I need acceptance. That's one of the things I need. You know, I need identity to feel like I'm somebody. I mean, I I have all those needs, but here's the way Karen made me feel. She made me feel rejected. Because love is our greatest need, rejection is our greatest wound and our greatest fear. My greatest need is love, true love. And my greatest rejection or my greatest fear then, it's true for everyone. Well, so we were married and I remember walking through the house and I would say or do something And what I was trying to do is to get a certain response from Karen. A smile, a look, uh, you know, her to jump on top of me and, you know, passionately kiss me or whatever I was looking for. Well, it didn't happen. And um, it made me feel rejected. Now, I'm not the kind, most men are not this way. I'm not the kind of a person that when I feel rejected, I say, I feel so rejected. (laughs) My feelings are just so hurt. Karen, you just devastated me. You know, I didn't do that. When, when I get hurt, this is what I do. I set my jaw. I can always tell I'm getting upset because my jaw goes out. So I do. So Karen, I would be walking through the house and I would say, 
hey, Karen, how are you? And she'd kind of, you know, ignore me or walk off. She just, she wasn't being bad. There's nothing wrong with her. And I would think to myself, she, she doesn't think I'm attractive. She didn't like me. I don't know what I did, but she, and I felt rejected. And I'd go get my golf clubs and go golfing. Because on the golf course, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way with my friends. But when I came home, I was so raw with the feeling of rejection. Okay. Well, so Karen was my source. She made me, there's nothing wrong with her. But because she became my source, I could only love her as much as she was loving me. I felt disappointment. I felt frustration. She got pregnant. Life happened job stress, all the kind of things that began to happen that puts pressure on both of you, regardless of how hard you're trying. And so finally, you know, I just turned my heart away from her. This is what I did. Because she was my source, I turned my heart away from her, and then I became uh, angry and verbally hostile toward her. I punished her. My way of trying to change her was very ungodly as I began to be verbally aggressive toward her and beat her down verbally, and that led us to the brink of divorce the night that we almost separated. Then, then there's me, there's Jimmy. And my, me being the source of my... Now, I wanna say something to you about, about your spouse and God. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say, because this, this is a profound point. God made you in your mother's womb. God made your spouse in their mother's womb. And there's only one person who perfectly loves your spouse and that's God. I do not perfectly love Karen Evans. I love her as much as I can, but I don't perfectly love her, but God loves her perfectly, permanently, and powerfully. My God is constantly in love with my wife, and he loves her perfectly for who she is because he made her in her mother's womb, he loves her permanently, and he'll never change his mind about his love for her, regardless of how mad I am. I've tried to get God to be mad at Karen. You know, I've said, I've just, you know, tried to sit God on Karen many times. You know, he, he won't do that. But, and he loves her powerfully, which means, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. God's love is not human love. God's love can solve any problem. God's love is supernaturally powerful to do what a human can never do. So I've got, if, if I'm my source, Galatians chapter 5 says this. The deeds of the flesh. Paul says there's only two sources of love. Your flesh or the spirit. And the apostle Paul says if you walk in your flesh, here's what's going to happen. Jealousy, envy, divisions, factions, outbursts of anger, immorality, all those things. In other words, that's what, you're, that's what you can produce out of you. But the fruit of the Spirit, listen, the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's God's perfect love. Joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, self-control, those are all, that's the person that we, I want to be married to. That's the person that my spouse wants to be married to, and it's free. So let's listen to him. So what is your source of love? Okay. What is, your, what is your source of love? It cannot be my spouse. 
If they're the best person on the planet, they cannot be my source of love. I hope you feel passion. I hope you have good chemistry. I hope you're sexually attracted to each other. I hope you're soulmates and all that. It's not enough. It cannot, it's enough for a sprint. It's enough for a sprint. We're sexually attracted. We just love each other. We're soulmates. Go, have your sprint, and then you'll fall down exhausted and your love will be over. If your source is a person, you'll fail. I promise you will fail. I promise you'll get your heart broken. I promise you'll be devastated by marriage. If you trust in yourself, you think too highly of yourself. I'm, I just can't do it. I cannot love with that kind of love. Well, what's the answer? God, the only, the only source that can fuel a lifetime of love is the person who perfectly, permanently, and powerfully loves my, my wife and myself. So when I wake up in the morning, here's, here's what I do. This is, this is Karen and me. When I woke up this morning, this is what I did. When she woke up this morning, this is what she did. And we do it every day. This is, this is our marriage. I sit before the Lord, and when I pray, and here's what I say. God, I can't love Karen today. I can't love Karen today without you. I can't. And I know life is going to happen. I know that we're going to have conversations, issues. I'm going to walk through the house, and I'm going to want her to smile at me and, and tell me what a hunk I am and jump on top of me, and, and it's not going to happen. And when, and when that happens, I need the grace not to call her something bad. I need the grace not to take it personally. I always took it so personally. And Karen was just walking through the house thinking about a thousand things, and she'd give me a look. Well, she was, she was stressed out about all the things she had to do, but I took that personally. Lord, I need you to fill me with your love, with your joy, with your peace, with your patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I need your strength inside of me today with Karen and every other person that I come in contact with. I don't trust myself, and I can't depend on people. Listen to what I just said. I don't trust myself, and I can't depend on people. When I begin to turn to God and trust in him, and, and what I mean by that is it has to be a relationship. It has to be real. When I, when I say depending on God, I'm not talking about an ethereal thing or just saying it. I'm talking about when you're hurt, when you're mad, when you're empty, when you're frustrated, when, when you feel lonely, when all those things, you turn to God. You don't turn on your spouse. You don't turn to something else. You turn to God and you trust him with that need in your life. Well, I turned to God. When, when my life changed, when I married changed, I turned to God. Let me say, our four deepest needs are acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. And acceptance means to be really loved constantly, perfectly, for who I really am and not to have to perform for it. I don't want to have to perform for it. Okay. When I began to experience God's love, I no longer felt rejected when Karen didn't give me the response I needed. And this was the most dramatic change that I saw in our relationship. I would be walking, it's true today, it's true in our relationship today, because Karen's a, a wonderful wife, but she's a person, just like me, I'm a human being. And when Karen responds to me in a certain way, and this, this began to happen, as soon as I began to turn to God, and I released Karen from the expectation of being my source. And I didn't trust myself anymore because I saw what I was capable of. 
the meanness and the pettiness that I was capable of. And when I began to turn to God, I remember the first time that Karen made a response to me that before would have made me feel rejected. And she made this response toward me. And I remember thinking, she's having a bad day, but there's nothing wrong with me. It felt so good. Because you know what my response was? To go help her. Rather than getting my feelings hurt and sit in my jaw, like, I'll get you back. I don't care what you cook tonight. It's not good. And I can't wait to tell you. Is this any good? Yeah. Uh, next time you ask me if you look fat in that, you're going to get it, sister. I go, well, I don't know. It feels so good not to depend on people. It feels so good. It feels so good to be able to love a person who's not loving you with God's love. When I'm mad at Karen, when I'm upset at Karen, and I go pray, God never takes my side. And I've tried to get him to do it many times. You know, I just can't. God strike her. Remember the Bible. You know, just you struck people in the Bible. Strike her. But when I go and pray, you know what God does? He fills me with her, his love for her because his love is perfect, permanent, and powerful. He'll never take an offense against her. He'll never reject her. He'll never stop believing in her. Ever. So if I try to get her to meet that need, it's so if I try to meet my need myself, I know, I've seen what I can do. But every time I turn to God, he fills me with a supernatural, perfect love for Karen. And we've been married 40 years, and I love that sister. And I'm going to be married to her for the rest of my life because of God. You can clap. Go ahead. And I know good and well that a lot of you have had your heart broken. And I'm like, like me. You've had your heart broken. You've been through difficult relationship after difficult relationship. And for some of you, as I'm sitting here talking, there's light bulb that came on and said, I've just been trusting in people. I've, just, I've been trusting in myself. I haven't been trusting in God. It's the number one question. Will your love last for a lifetime? If God is your source, absolutely. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.